the chair by the chimney corner. She was shocked at the change in his appearance. His features were sharp and worn, his hands like bird's claws, and a ragged growth of white beard and moustache covered his once well-shaven face. Nor was old Elijah as clean as he might have been. His stockings were in holes, and his clothes ragged and unmended. It was plain that he had lost all interest in himself, and that there was no woman to look after him. Jane entered, and quietly seated herself opposite to her father, and her tears fell fast as she took in the meaning of his forlorn and neglected aspect, and whispered to herself, Oh, mother, mother. When Niger opened his eyes, there sat his daughter on the other side of the hearth, nursing a child on her lap. At first he did not know who it was, and looked vaguely puzzled, until he heard her voice. It's me, father. It's Jane. Come to live with you and make you comfortable. He did not seem startled, and received the announcement with the most matter-of-fact calm. Whatever brings you back in these parts? It's trouble, I doubt. And the old man shook a boding head. Aye, father, trouble enough it is. My man's dead, and I haven't a penny in the world, and no home but what you'll give me, and this little lad to keep. And the child, now wide awake, sat up on her lap and looked about him. What's that, you say, about a little lad? You've got a little lad to keep. And there was a strange stir in the old man's heart as he uttered the words, for he had never had a son of his own, and it had been the great disappointment of his life. For reply, Jane crossed the hearth with the child in her arms and set him on the old man's shrunken knees, as beautiful a boy of twelve months as a mother ever doted on. Yes, father, that's my little lad as I've got to keep. That's little Peter, your own grandson, and he's rare good company already for lonely folks. Many's the time he's dried my tears watching his pretty ways. Hold him tight, father for he isn't used to old folks, and perhaps he mayn't take to you. No need to tell Elijah to hold his little grandson carefully. The touch of the child's firm young flesh, the sight of his golden hair in lamb-like curls, his gentian blue eyes and moist innocent breath, nourished his old bones, and he felt there was vital warmth in him yet. And when little Peter put up a dimpled hand to grasp his ragged beard and made pretty baby jabbering, and laughed in his troubled old face, displaying four pearly white teeth like grains of rice. The frost in the grandfather's heart that had bound it since his wife died melted, and he said, Jane, if you haven't a penny in the world, your man's left you rich enough with a little lad like this. You must bide with me, both of you. Hi, father, so we will. But look at you, that grey wire beard of yourn is scratching little Peter's face. You'll have to shave it off. And poor mother always thought so much of your clean chin. The ragged beard was duly taken off, and the old man began the trouble of shaving again, and renewed his acquaintance with soap and water, for the little lad's sake. And his daughter washed and mended his clothes, and Elijah looked once more himself. But old, very old. Elijah's whole heart was garnered up in his grandson, and as the boy grew older, it was a pretty sight to see them in the fields together, the child bringing wild flowers to the old man to name, or a bird's egg or nest, 
but whatever it was, he could tell him everything about it, and nothing short of that would content little Peter, for he had a healthy child's thirst for every kind of knowledge, so long as it was not what schoolmasters teach, or what comes out of a book, and he was eager after all country law and old-world word-of-mouth wisdom. It was wonderful how much the little lad learned from his grandfather about four-footed creatures, from oxen to stoats and weasels, and he could have passed an examination with honours in the names, songs and plumage of British birds. The two were inseparable companions, and Peter would rather play with his grandfather, whom he regarded as an overgrown child with bent back and stiff legs, than with any little boy of his own age. Jane Grove would stand on the doorstep and smile as she watched her father and his little grandson set out for a walk, hand in hand, perfectly happy and content together. They're more like a pair of lovers, them two, than anything else.